Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What. Today we've got Robert on and he's the founder and CEO of Zing Cover. Hi, Robert. Hi, Daniel. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. great, thanks. Perfect, Robert. Let's jump straight in. Do you want to tell everyone a bit about what you do? So I am CEO of Zing Cover and Zing Cover is trying to take insurance out of its staid old marketplace of household and content insurance that no one really wants to think about and put it where customers want it at the checkout of their uh, of the e-commerce apps and websites that they already know, use and trust and get really relevant cover that does what it says on the tin that can be intuitively managed, expanded and indeed stopped if customers want um, within our own app. So you, it's InsurerTech basically. This is the, you know, taking insurance and build it for the 21st century. Yeah, it's taking insurance and trying to adapt it to modern consumer behavior. Mm. So is that almost like when you're, I'm just going to use the analogy of maybe you, someone's ordering TV from a well-known uh, company on, online, it gets to the end of the checkout and there's like the tick box, would you like this insurance for X amount of time? Are you doing that, but with other products? We're doing that, but, but you know, it could be with the example you've raised, you know, we've got a, a home tech and audio coverage that subscription that could cover those items. It could be for your clothes, shoes and bags. It could be for your bike or your watches and jewelry. You know, what, 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 what we hear from, from, from consumers today is that, you know, they want peace of mind that they're important purchases, hires, and day-to-day activities are properly protected. But they find the complex insurance applications and these amorphous policies of contents and liability and homeowners just off-putting and mystifying. So they want to protect those important um, things in their life, but they want it to be intuitive. They want it to do what it says on the tin, and they want it to be easily accessible with one click at the checkout. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of interesting because I, I was talking to my other half about um, content insurance the other week, actually. And it's like I, I hear stories of people saying something happened and they go to claim on things. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's not covered. Oh, yeah, that's not covered. And I suppose you only need covered mode to be covered on certain things like, you know, your TV. You want that to be covered. And it's almost you're taking away having to pay a large sum for everything that may or may not be covered and you can almost just specify what you want to be covered because you know that's the important stuff yeah that's exactly what we're trying to achieve with zing so it starts with you know important things that you're that you're buying and you think yeah actually i just want to know that that's covered and then as you say we 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 aim to create a really easy intuitive app where if if our customers then want to expand what they buy from us and cover other important things about their home that, that matter to them, they can do that easily or they, or they don't. But, the, but the, the key thing is that it's transparent, it's fair, they can just see what's covered. Because um, there's that, that awful question that anyone gets if they go onto an insurer's website to buy contents of insurance of, what are all the value of your contents worth? Are they worth £25,000 or £50,000? And I know that, you know, I look at that question, I think, oh, gosh, that's an awful lot of money. I wouldn't need that if something happened. But if you break it down a bit more intuitively, you know, if 
if something happened to my wardrobe, you know, what are the clothes I'd need for, you know, the next three social events and you know, going to work next week in the days when we used to do such things. <laughs> and, and it's a bit more than most people think. So you've got to make, you've got to break insurance down and make it more relatable to people's actual lifestyles. Mm. Um, so Robert, how did you get into insurance in the first place? Well, I guess no one no one sets out to um, to to spend their life in insurance uh, when they're growing up. It's not one of those. It's not one of those careers. So I guess I, I I'm like many people who work in insurance. So I fell into it by accident. Um, I I came out of university not really knowing um, exactly what I wanted to do in life. Um, I, my first job was working for an auction house. Um, I did that for a couple of years and decided that maybe the world of art and jewellery auctioneering wasn't necessarily for me. And someone said, well, you know, um, there's an insurance company that wants people that understand about these kind of things. Mm. And I went and spoke to them and um, found myself uh working as a as an underwriter in the in the london insurance market wow so how many years were you doing that for oh i i started as an underwriter in 2006 i think it was um and that was working in the very traditional um insurance market that uh that quite conservative world of uh, of the, the square mile in London and uh, and and the Lloyd's of London market that some people might know about. What well, what is uh, the Lloyd's of London market for those who who are a bit unaware how that process works? So I guess before before I answer that, I mean one, one of the, one of the great things about insurance, if we can use a sentence like that, is that <laughs> the, the the UK um, is is and and has been well all, all, all the way along a leading global center of insurance and um there aren't that many industries where that's consistently always been the case um now part of that is down to lloyd's of london which is the only insurance trading market in the world it's um, essentially a marketplace where Brokers can go and place risks with underwriters um, in a very uh, flexible way. So you get um, unusual risks, high value risks. Um, you get a lot of innovation of products taking place there because it's where a place where underwriters and brokers can interact in a very flexible way. And what's grown up around Lloyd's is just a very buoyant insurance market in this particular little corner of the city of London. Um, so what made you go from the traditional classical, you know, Lloyd's of London insurance to InsurTech? Why make that kind of move? Well, I think, you know, <laughs> when we when we talk about um, the UK and, and London in particular of being a global centre for insurance, you know, over the, over the, the history that, that, that that's been the case, innovation and adapting to the times has been a really important part of it you know we, we talk about these the, the big Lloyds of London and uh, side of it 
there, but actually um, the UK was at the forefront of developing um, sort of wraparound homeowners and content policies that I was just talking about. The UK was at the forefront of um, creating aggregators and price comparison sites for insurance. So the UK has a proud tradition of innovation, but it needs to it needs to keep doing that. And you know, I was conscious in my career that if I want to guarantee a career for myself until uh, whatever age I fortunately get to retire, <laughs> you've got to keep up with 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 modern behaviour. You've got to make sure that we adapt in terms of the products we create, in terms of our distribution, in terms of our service, that we are actually delivering what modern buyers want. And I didn't feel that the industry was doing that as brilliantly as it could. Um, and I got to a point where I thought actually um, I could deliver on what I thought needed to be done better from a small nimble startup than working within a big listed company. Okay, interesting. So for those that have listened and know that I used to be in the Lloyds market, I actually used to broke to Robert. Unfortunate for Robert. Um, but it was it was always a pleasure. <laughs> you have to say that. <laughs> um, and I, I always felt the same um, being in the industry. And I think it's interesting for people that are thinking about going into the industry now to get kind of a, a thought from us, the people that have been in it and done it. Would you go down the traditional route if you were going into it now, or would you look to go to a startup and learn insurance that way? What would you do? Oh, that's that's a difficult question to answer because I have done the traditional route first. Mm. Um, I guess, and, and and nor am I nor am I qualified to talk on behalf of InsureTech. Mm. Um, but I guess what I would say is that there are an awful lot of really brilliant InsureTechs out there where all of the founding team have come from outside the insurance industry. Interesting. And I think that's understandable um, because often it's the end user that realizes the problems inherent in any one industry. Mm. And therefore, they are the right people to take that really you know, radical approach and, re- and, and see things through a completely fresh set of eyes. What I'd say in terms of what we've done at Zing, is I think knowing the industry from the inside, um, I felt did leave me pretty well equipped to see what the limitations of change, but also what the untapped potential for change was from within mm. the industry. But equally, my co-founder um, had previously had nothing to do with insurance. You know, he comes from a consumer technology background and he was frankly horrified when he looked at how things were being done <laughs> in terms of consumer technology in, in, in the insurance sector. Mm. And that's really great. And, 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 and between the two of us alone, we, we, we have daily challenge and back and forth as to what is the best way to approach this particular problem. So um, that's a real sitting on the fence answer to your, to your question about <laughs> insure tech. Um, I guess in terms of your point about what, what would I say to someone going into the traditional industry now? I mean, I'd say, look, it, it needs bright, innovative people with fresh ideas. So there's, there's definitely still a place 
for the talented people to go into what we're putting in inverted commas here, the traditional insurance market. Mm. Um, as I say, it, we're, we're still fortunate in this country that the UK and London in particular is a global leader in insurance. So in terms of career trajectory, you can have a really global career based in, based in London, and that's attractive to a lot of people. Um, and of course, the traditional market, we're gonna keep calling it that, is, is changing pretty rapidly as well. I mean, as you alluded to there, Dan, there was, a, there was a time when you used to physically come and sit at my desk or box, as insurers refer to it, and, and broke a risk to me. Well, that's a pretty inefficient and outmoded way to be transacting business um, mm. now. And that's all changing. I think the insurance market has needlessly resisted digitization for a long time. Um, but this, you know, the, 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 the last 18 months of the pandemic has, has forced digitization and it's forced new ways of working because meeting in one building in one big underwriting room in the Lloyds of London building just wasn't possible for a long period of time. And so all those people who said it wasn't possible to digitize, um, it wasn't possible to do remote placements of risk. Um, you know, they have had to eat their words a bit. And, and I think that will be an, an, an accelerant for change in, in what we still dub the traditional market. I think you're right. I think, um, I, well, definitely from my point of view, I think, it needed to evolve and change but also i'm a little bit sad that it is changing because for me that was the best part of you know, of doing the job was actually coming to lloyd's and doing the broking and, and that that was the fun of the job um and, and it did need to change but i think people just held on to it because that was really actually that was the bit everybody kind of enjoyed but you know it's it's still a relationship business in a way that you know most industries at their core are a relationship business. You know, if we take it back to the Zing example, we're, we're as far removed from the Lloyd's face-to-face -face trading market as you can get. You know, we're, 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 we're sending APIs out of e-commerce platforms that generate pricing and coverage for people's insurance, automatically issue their policy documentation, manage it all in an app. They've never had to speak to a person in any part of that process. Mm. But what sits behind our ability to offer that is, you know, we have underwriters sitting behind Zing who are providing our underwriting capital. That's relationship-based. Mm. You know, we need to work on those relationships. Our, 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 our customers are delivered to us by, by partner brands who want to host Zing on their e-commerce platforms. That's a relationship and it's a relationship that needs to be worked at and maintained. So the relationship bit of the business is, is going to change, but it's not, technology is not going to remove it. It's just going to change it. That's a very interesting point. Um, and for you, thinking about, you know, skill sets that people will need in insurance going forward, what would be some things that you'd advise people work on or think about concentrating on to become really valuable as insurance moves forward? Oh, gosh, that's a tricky question. Um, I mean, going back to when I started, um, I read history at university and I went to work for an auction house. I think that 
probably on paper makes me pretty poorly qualified to do an insurance uh, role, as most people would see it. And, and indeed, in, in, in other parts of the world, it's much more likely that, that you'd go into insurance um, having done a degree in risk management, say. Mm -hmm. You know, in Germany, that'd be very much the case. And one of my employers where I was responsible for part of their German operation, I think the underwriters there were slightly horrified when they, uh, when they found out that I... My, my qualification for coming to this was was, was a history degree in, and, and selling art and jewellery for a couple of years. Um, but I think as is, as is the case with, with most jobs, it's about um, it's about it's about good instincts. It's about learning from good people. Um, it's about good communication skills. And, and and going back to that relationship point, it's about an ability to. To, to foster and build good relationships. That's, that's the core of most businesses. Yes, certainly. Um, and for you, what has been maybe the biggest positive you've got from working in insurance? The biggest positive the biggest working positive. in insurance? Um, I, I have enjoyed my career in insurance up to now. And, um, and I hope there's many years of it to come. Um, and I think, you know, it's a, it's a huge industry that's very multifaceted. Um, you know, with Zing, we're looking at a particular consumer problem, but you could equally be looking at cyber threats to, to major listed companies. You could be looking at the growth of space tourism. You know, it could be any number of, of, of areas that, that carry risk. You know, that's where the insurance industry has to come in. So it's sheer variety, um, I guess, is one of its endearing qualities. And on the flip side of that, what would be some less favorable aspects of this industry? Um, it normally kills a dinner party conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I, invite, I don't invite Dan over. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a, a, for, a former boss of mine uh, once said that uh, in terms in terms of dinner party introductions, uh, saying you work in insurance is somewhere between tax accountancy and dentistry. <laughs> yes, yeah, very true. So I've just insulted another two professions there to do. <laughs> uh, and for you, what would um, what's something particularly now you're going into a more of a, a, a tech world? What's something that you never expected to be having to deal with um, moving more into this um, new era of insurance? Uh, gosh, there's lots there. I mean, on a, on a personal level, I've, I've always worked for big listed companies before. You know, you come in and you're employed to do a job but there's a whole infrastructure around you. There's all these people around you. Um, you know, you've got people to help with design, with marketing, with legal, with compliance. Um, and I remember the, the first day starting Zing when it was literally me and my co-founder sat across a desk from each other. And, you know, I had some, some minor IT problem or other, probably not a great thing to admit, somebody now runs a tech company. And 
I found myself looking over my shoulder. Who's the person I'm going to ask to come and help me with this? And I realized, ah, there's no one now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just us. Um, and that's an enormously exhilarating thing and also a slightly scary thing. And, uh, and you realize that, you know, you need to do the payroll or no one gets paid. And you need to make sure that, you know, all our subscriptions are paid and our, our rent, you know, the real mundane bits of running mm. business, there's, there's, there's nowhere to hide. Um, and in terms of, you know, what's, I guess, been interesting and, 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 and got me infused is that I did come into this from an insurance background and I thought I had a pretty good idea about what needed to change in terms of insurance product delivery to, to, to meet what, what, what consumers want now better. But I'm not a tech person. I didn't have a tech background. And so the, the delivery of that, um, you know, just was something I was, I was wholly unqualified to do and, and, and learning that whole side of it and learning about how the technology actually then becomes fundamental to the product you're creating and fundamental to the delivery and, 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 and to the consumer experience. You know, the two become completely um, intertwined. And that, that's, that's been a really interesting side of the development of the thing that, um, that, I, that I haven't had previously in my career. What would be your best piece of advice or your number one piece of advice for somebody think about going into insurance these days, whether it be tech or whether it be the traditional market, you know, regardless, what would your best piece of advice be for that person? Uh, try and talk to as many people in the industry as possible. Mm, great. One. You know, I, I, I don't think that's, that's anything unique to insurance. You know, I think that if there's any industry that you want to get into or simply want to find out more about, I think you'll find that, um, you know, for the most part, you can always find people who are, who are happy to be reasonably generous with their time and their experience and their connections. You know, that's been a nice thing at the last uh, 18 months on, on, on Zing for me is that, you know, in, in the bit of the insurance world I was in, I, you know, I'd got to the point where, yeah, I know everyone and a lot of people know me and it's all you know, I know who to call on for this situation or that situation. And then the life of the startup is actually, you don't know it all. In fact, there's an awful lot you don't know. And there's an awful lot of people you need to speak to that you don't know how to get connected to them. Mm. And it, 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 again, it's that sort of, it's a bit sort of, you know, um, without getting all soppy about it, it's a bit re reaffirming about, about people. But mm. actually, there's an awful lot of people out there who are very happy to take half an hour for a phone call and say, yeah, I understand your problem. I'd go about it this way. I'd speak to that person or have you met this person? They'd be great to help you there. I think it, it, it carries across all industries. Insurance is no exception. Get out there, start speaking to people. And, um, and that way you can find out if it's going to be right for you, if it's not going to be right for you. And, and if it is, you know, where in that vast, great industry you might fit in best. Great advice. And would you still go into this industry knowing everything you know now for both the normal insurance world that you've been a part of and now the tech side of it as well um i'm sure 
in a parallel universe, I could have had many other careers um, <laughs> in completely different other sectors that I'd have found fulfilling and enjoyable and that would have taken me in wholly different directions that I, I don't have. Um, I don't have any major regrets about the, about the careers <laughs> I took. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much for coming on, Robert, and uh, having a chat. I think what you're doing with Zing is really exciting and, um, yeah, really interesting. Great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you, Robert. Uh, if anyone wanted to find you, find your company, um, where can they sort of uh, find that and reach out? www.zingcover.com. Perfect. Thank you, Robert. Great. Thank you, guys.